Welcome to I Used to Be a Therapist podcast. So glad you're here. Today, I get to share a conversation that I had with Francine Hernandez. She is a super insightful therapist that I have been lucky enough to get to know. Our conversation is all about surrender and releasing negative emotions. So how many of you out there like to surrender? I sure fight against it at all costs most of the time. But surrendering and releasing negative emotions is sometimes the thing that can get us unstuck from our past and things that are holding us back from becoming who we really are created to be. Francine lives with her husband in New Mexico. She is a licensed clinical social worker who has a private practice and is actually running her own new group practice. Francine loves working with adolescents. And she works with other individuals, couples, families, but she loves adolescents and she has such a great presence. Her clients, I know, are very fortunate. Francine has wisdom to share with us about surrender and release. She was fun to chat with and she shares some practical things that can really help us in many aspects of our lives. So I'm glad you're here. I hope this adds value to your day. Let's listen in. My name is Dr. Wendy Bruton, and I used to be a therapist. Welcome to my podcast. Leaving my career as a therapist, business owner, and counselor educator was a big risk. But now, as an author, coach, entrepreneur, and podcast host, I am fulfilling my passion to help people move forward toward an essentially better life. Each episode is filled with stories, information, and ideas that I know will be valuable to your life and to the lives you touch. So if you need a therapist or just someone who used to be a therapist, I know that this is a place that you will feel valued, valuable, and learn to move forward from what you used to be. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome, Francine. I'm so glad you are here and that you've joined us. And it's going to be fun to get to hear your story. I'm really excited to have you here. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Good. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and where you live, your family, all that stuff? Sure. Um, So my name is Francine Hernandez. Um, I live in Rio Rancho, New Mexico. Um, And it's just me and my husband. And um, so I'm a licensed clinical social worker, and I have been in practice for five and a half years now. Um, And I was at a group practice during that time, um, working with families. Um, I specialize in adolescents, but um, the areas is with anxiety, depression, PTSD. Um, So I did that, like like I said, for like five and a half years. This year, I just went solo. Yay! Um, so that's been exciting. Um, and also at the same time, I'm also starting a group practice of my own. Wow. That's yeah. an- ambitious. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, it's, um, it's an adventure and I'm excited to see where it goes and, and um, what, what I can create. Let's see a little bit more about me, though. I have, um, I have two cats and a dog. I'm a cat lover. Um, I love cats, too. Yeah. I have a, a tortie and um, a Himalayan. <laughs> oh, fun. Well, okay. So I would love to hear, and we're going to ask everybody this season about why you became a therapist. So what was it that kind of drew you to becoming a counselor? 
Well, it was uh, for me something that was innate, but I realized it probably around middle school and high school. A lot of uh, my friends and peers um, had a lot of suicide ideation, and we actually lost a, a couple of our peers to suicide. Mm-hmm. So that just really resonated with me just on on that level as a teen wanting to make a difference and reach out to my peers. And so that's kind of where it started to grow and just really felt innate with me. And then as I got older, you know, it it, it changed a little bit. You know, I had also wanted to be a criminal psychologist, um, but then it just, it turned into family. So it is something that kind of evolved, but that was kind of the root of it. So do you feel like you have, you know, now that you've become a counselor, do you think you've fulfilled that? Why? Or like, do you think you're doing the work that you wanted to do when you thought about becoming a counselor? Yeah, I I think so. But I think I have a long ways to go still. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm still learning and growing to, um, to, I don't want to say perfect it because I don't think we ever really perfect, you know, and I don't like saying it that way, but um, I think I'm on the right path. Yeah. Like yeah. you're, you're doing, you're doing the journey you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I like that. Yeah. So I heard a little bit about what your practice is like now that you've kind of gone out on your own, do you have any kind of specialties or things that you specialize in as a counselor now? Just like who you work with. Is there a group of folks that you like to really work with or a specific thing that you like to work with? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I do like to work with adolescents. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of stayed with me. You know, I do still enjoy working with teens. You know, they just have such an open mind that I think yeah. gets overlooked, mm-hmm. you know, um, but, and, and I say that without judgment, you know, um, when it comes to teens, families want to protect them, right? Mm-hmm. Like they come from a, from a place of love. And sometimes that gets perceived though, as not being heard. Yeah. So I just, I, I enjoy doing that work to help them communicate and self-express mm-hmm. and bridge that gap with their families to, mm-hmm. to be heard and, and bring that love that is there. Um, so yeah, I just, I love working with teens and helping them discover themselves. I love that. Uh, I, I think when you work with teens, that your ability to validate their experience is just mm-hmm. so needed and appreciated right by them I just think that's that's really great that's a good it's fun to work with with those kiddos so today we're gonna we're our topic is surrender and releasing um, negative emotions so I'd love to hear you define surrender we'll maybe start with that just surrender or um, and then we're going to talk about releasing negative emotions as well but I'd love to hear what you think it is and maybe what you think it is not. Okay. Okay. So surrender, surrender for me is stopping. It's, Mm -hmm. it's the pause. Mm -hmm. When I think of surrender, that's how I would define that. It's, it's just the alter, the stop, it's the pause. Um, What I feel surrender is not is giving up. I think Uh. that's, it's important to, to really think and define those two, because when you're stopping and pausing, that is not the same as giving up. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, that's how I define those two. 
it's part of the process. Whereas with releasing, I see that as taking a rest. Mm-hmm. That's the letting go. I, I think of like physically when your shoulders are right. This, and you know, when we release, it's that, it's yeah. that, that it released. <laughs> right. Um, and part of that too, part of releasing where I feel is different than surrendering releasing is that process is feeling it's experiencing. Yeah. Cause when we do release that tension, you can feel the relief. You can feel the let go. And sometimes that can be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Sometimes part of that tension is our self-defense to protect. So yeah. sometimes letting that go can be uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. So releasing, I can, when, when we're talking about it, I can see you, you know, and I can see the physical, like just the release of your body. I mean, I think that comes when, when we do finally somehow make this mind shift, right. Mm -hmm. And that we decide to let go of whatever it is in our bodies. If we let go of whatever it is in our brains and our emotions, you know, in our heart. So. I'm wondering, how do you see that happening? I mean, how do you see it happening when people are will surrender to whatever it is that they need to surrender to and release those emotions that happen in us? Mm-hmm. How do they do that? Mm-hmm. I think it's important, and this might sound a little cliche, but but truly, like it's important to have a safe space to do that one. Mm -hmm. Kind of like what I was touching on is, you know, it's when, when we're resistant and sometimes stuck, our defense is up. So Mm -hmm. we're not in a place to be vulnerable, to let go. I think the first thing is, is to have a safe space to do that. Mm -hmm. That that doesn't feel like you can let go. Yeah. That doesn't sound at all cliche to me. (laughs) It sounds like, I mean, seriously, why would people surrender or release things when it didn't feel safe to them? You know, wouldn't it be weird if they did or even unsafe if they did? Yeah, right. So Mm -hmm. that seems Mm -hmm. really good. So they get into this safe place. And then what kind of a, a mindset do they have to finally have, do you think? Before they're able to do that, I mean, once they're there in this place that it feels like, okay, I can. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and this is going to be easier said than done. Um, of course. That be part of the work is not, not having judgment to have compassion for self yeah. for what you're experiencing and what you're feeling. Mm, that's good. Those are good words. Those are, that is the truth. Yeah. To really have this non-judgmental stance for yourself. Yes. Mm-hmm. and your emotions and your experience. So mm-hmm. why do you think it's important for our mental health to work on surrender in general and releasing our emo- our negative emotions? I think it's important um, because that's going through that process of releasing and building on self-compassion. That's where we heal one and two, we discover our true potential. That's where that place, once when we can get to that place, we can find motivation, we can find our purpose. It's, I think that's like, I, I visually see like a light coming out. Like that's where that light can shine once we can get to that point. And, and then, you know, the sky's the limit of the things that you can do. Mm-hmm. That's true. And so you think that 
I mean, kind of what I'm hearing from you is that when you have these things, that it stops that. When you have these negative emotions or negative thoughts about yourself or other people or your experience in life, when you're holding on to things that and taking a, a stance, maybe, as opposed to surrender, right? Mm-hmm. How do you think that that impacts our lives when we don't surrender? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that we can feel stuck. We can feel limited, um, heavy, you know, when we're, when we're not able to surrender or release and we have these negative emotions that are there. I, I like to think of it because I think of emotions like our chakra. And I think of that as if we had like a blue bloodstream, just like our, our, like our red bloodstream. But I think of our emotions, if it was blue, like a blue bloodstream. And when we're, when the heavy emotions are there and we get stuck, it's almost like a blood clot. And uh. so I think we get just our overall well-being. And not to mention, um, so this is more of like an emotional or spiritual type of perspective, but even aside from that, when we have those heavy emotions, stress and anxiety, that impact that it has on the body physically, you know, with our cortisol levels coming up and immune system coming down, um, you know, so emotionally, spiritually, and physically, mind, body, spirit is affected if we don't have that safe space and opportunity to surrender and, and release. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, the connection between mind, body and spirit and having this kind of spiritual stuckness, if you can say that, I mean, it, it's really true. And that a blood clot that that makes a lot of sense. That's a good word picture. So what happens when this area is healthy? Like when people don't have you know, when they don't have that stuckness, you were talking about their light shining, right? But, mm-hmm. but what does it look like when people are able to surrender? You know, I think about surrender kind of like when I'm standing against something in my life that I know I have to deal with or I have to face or I have to give into, right, in some mm-hmm. ways. and then. I picture myself like clenching my fists, you know, and then surrender just feels like, okay, I'm just going to let it go and let whatever is going to happen and and kind of give into the reality of my life and, and be able to function, you know, function with effectiveness in it because of that, rather than fighting against it. I don't know. That's what I kind of feel like. What do you, what do you think about that? Yeah, yeah. And in hearing you describe that, what came up for me too is the process of grief. Mm. Because part of that stopping and letting go, mm-hmm. um, part of that is whether it's openly or forcefully, acceptance to it's going to be different than, than you thought it was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really hard. Yeah. Yeah. And so then those come, those emotions come that are just the grief and the sadness and the anger and all of that. Right. And yeah. that's where you then have to release it again. Right. The, right. The releasing those emotions. So when people yeah. are able to yeah. do that, what does it look like 
when it's lived out. Yeah. So yeah, you were saying like that, that light that shines through the, you know, it's, so it looks like one resilience. I want to say that uh-huh. resiliency comes through that. Um, Talk and, about resilience a little bit. I'm sorry. Talk about resilience a little bit. I want to hear more about that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, to that one, all of that change and, and letting go and, and new coming in and processing of those emotions, how much stronger that it, that it makes you in the end, mm-hmm. you know, that, yeah, you become resilient to look back and say, wow, I just went through that. I just overcame that. And so that doesn't mean all the time that it's like rainbows and butterflies and that everything is a hundred percent. It means that I made it and I'm okay and I'm here and I know now what more I can handle or what more I can, what's not going to knock me down. Yeah, that's really true. And it, and I think it also probably the next time things like that happen makes you think, oh, I did that one time. And now I can do that again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I'm strong mm-hmm. enough to do that and yeah, to walk yeah. through this. So there's a lot of things in people's lives. I mean, I would say, you know, now in this world that we live in right now, it's, you know, it's just a crazy world, a crazy, no one ha- could ever have imagined <laughs> what, you know, what we would be going through right now. And some people are really struggling with, you know, letting go of these really hard emotions that Mm -hmm. are like anxiety and depression and, you know, just deep sadness and loss and fear. I mean, really, people are going through all of this stuff and being able to let go and surrender to your, you know, to the place that you're at right now. and let go of these, it could make a huge difference in people's lives. Mm-hmm, Have you mm-hmm. seen that in your clients? Yeah. Yeah. And, and one thing too, um, that I discuss is, is it's almost, um, like many battles right now. And like the war is still going on, mm. um, is it's, it's, we're still going through it. Yeah. So I think like, it's one thing to process an event that, completed and happened. Mm -hmm. And it's another thing to have awareness as something is happening and process it in the moment. That's, it's kind of why I say like, it's like little mini battles right now that we're um, practicing that, you know, experiencing what you're feeling, surrendering, letting go, allowing that to happen and doing it repeatedly because we're still doing it. We're still in it. Yeah, we really are. That's a really good point. And I guess that's maybe where you're, you know, the, the point of resilience comes in there too, right? Yeah. Because people have to go through these mini battles and then they, if they can do that, then they know they can. And they've said, yeah. I went through this battle. I can go through the next one. I go through the next one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really true that we are in the middle of it. We aren't at the end at all. Yeah. So. I would love for you to give us something real tangible, something that somebody could do, take away an exercise or something that people could have to be able to release and surrender in their life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So the first one that I would encourage is journaling. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that's it's just such a powerful tool to just jot things out, kind of get out of your head. And it's a little physical, right? Like you're mm-hmm. physically, you know, doing something to bring you a little more in the present moment and just allowing yourself to just put what you're thinking and feeling on paper. And you don't always have to go back and read it again, unless, you know, you want to, but what, you know, that can bring clarity, but that's just something that that's like tangible to do to, to help process what's going on. Mm-hmm. The second thing I would encourage to is meditation. And there's different versions of it. One of my favorites that's easy to do is doing what's called the five sense check-in. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you're familiar mm-hmm. with too. Well, tell um, us about it. Yeah. Where you, uh, you uh, check into all of your five senses. So you focus on what is it that you're hearing? Uh, what is it that you see? What is it that you smell? Um, what is it that you physically touch? What can you feel? And what can you taste? And so it's, you know, you can do it as long as you want, like really quick, or you can spend, you know, even five minutes, a minute per sense. That is so yeah. good. It is really grounding and it's very mindful because it's in the moment. Our senses mm-hmm. are always in the moment. So that is a very good, a good exercise for people to do. I want you to talk a little bit more because I'm interested in the journaling piece. Oh, sure. Um, I would say actually doing the mindfulness exercise before you journal would be just a really great place, great way to get your, your mind settled and in the space that you're in. But talk a little bit more about the journaling. You know, you're talking about making it physical. I always suggest that people use a pen and paper, right? Like Mm -hmm. that they aren't journaling on a computer, but that they're actually writing. What are some other things? Like if people are like, I, yeah, people say to journal all the time. I have no clue where to start. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So first I would say there's, there's no right or wrong way to journal. So hope that can alleviate some Mm -hmm. of the stress of it that, you know, you can do it like an essay, traditional, like dear diary type format. Um, Or also you can just do bullet points Mm -hmm. of just events that happen throughout the day. You could even just do a word or two that describes the whole day and just focus on the emotions of the day versus the, you know, um, detailed activities. Mm -hmm. And also you can draw. Mm. You can have like a book of, of art that that feels more natural. Mm-hmm. Um, so really it's just a, a log um, and there's no right or wrong way to do it. Yeah. I love that. It's really important to understand that there's no right or wrong, right? Like you, yeah. whatever you're doing, you're doing it well. You don't have yeah. to do it every day. And then you didn't, you know, you don't have to do it every week. You can do it three times a day and then not for a month. You can do it however it works for you. But tell me how you think that journaling helps with the releasing of negative emotions or surrendering in your life. Uh, so one, like we were discussing earlier, it's, it's uh, surrendering by stopping. Like you're taking the moment to, to pause, mm-hmm. to stop from all the everyday that you're doing um, and releasing because you're being, you're able to express and identify what those emotions or feelings that you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, doesn't Daniel Siegel say, like, to you name it, to tame it, 
right? Like yeah, that's his right, thing right, right. Yeah. Uh-huh. is that when you can name it and you can say mm-hmm. what it really is, it tames it in your brain and it just calms your body and your emotions and your mind. It, it really is very helpful. So mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. that. Good. Well, thank you so much for talking about that. We, and giving some real great tips on what to do, like practical things. I love that. Um, I want to move on a little bit to you and what you're doing out there. And if you had anything that you want people to know about your practice, how people can get a hold of you, tell us all about that. Sure. Yes. So you can find me on Facebook and Instagram. Um, I'm under Enzo Healing Therapy. That's E-N-S-O after the Enzo symbol. Um, So that that you can find me there. Um, I also host on my Instagram. You can um, find I host meditation classes. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's when I do those virtually. Mm -hmm. um, So that's accessible. And yeah, so uh, I am accepting clients now. And like I said to you, I'm, I'm also opening the group practice, which is uh, Lily's internal light. Um, so I'm really excited about that. So I'm excited. So with Enzo Healing, I am looking to help not just have this as a private practice, but to have a brand with it to help other independent contractors and, and business people that want to grow their practice. And I hope to be a resource to do that. And with Lily's internal light, it being a group practice, I'm just trying to create something different. So maybe if independent contracting or business isn't your thing, a job where you can have benefits, vacation, you know, just like, a, um, I want to be really careful, but like, it, is it fair to say like in our field, for whatever reason, these types of benefits just aren't available? It is very um, fair to say that. I would like to say that, like preach it from the mountaintop. Yeah. And, and I just don't get it. Like it's, it's feasible. It's doable. Um, so that is what I'm hoping to create with that group practice is something different to help just to help support providers, whichever route that you're choosing. So you're able to, to, I want to empower people so they can move forward and create whatever it is that their calling is. That's important to me. (laughs) That is amazing. And so needed in that uh, world, I think, in the world of therapy. So I appreciate what you're doing out there. We'll put all those things in the show notes, all the links and your Instagram handle and all that stuff in the show notes. So I have three questions that I ask everybody on my podcast. So um, the first question is an event that changed you. An event that changed me, um, this is going to be a little deep, but I'm going to share it, was when my brother passed away. Mm. That really, um, that really shook my world Mm -hmm. and really, um, I did a lot of self work. Talk about surrendering and releasing. I'll, I think I'll, I'll say that. (laughs) So that really changed me, um, but for the better, you know, um, we're talking about resiliency, right? Yeah. That, that really mm-hmm. impacted and really, really opened my mind to a lot of things. Mm-hmm. That's a big event. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I bet you did have to do a lot of work around releasing and surrendering in your heart and your mind and all of that. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Okay. A person who changed you. 
Um, a person who changed me. So it was, um, I was getting through undergrad and grad school, I guess there was a job that I had, you know, pre pre therapy world. And he was a mentor and kind of a boss. I don't need to like get into those logistics, but he was just a man who really, he didn't just teach me like professionalism and like the, the field that we were in. He was just a person that really impacted me because he was so human. And so um, like he taught me how to grow my critical thinking skills and be real. I, I don't know how, how else to explain it. Like he was just such a real cool person and he, he was so good at helping people. Mm-hmm. Um, we were in like the licensing field and so it's different, but just the, the um, care that he had for people. Mm-hmm. Sounds like he was really authentic and genuine. And- yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's great. Do you want to say his name? Yeah. His name is Andy Dalmi. Okay. Well, maybe he's out there and listening someday. Yeah, you can send yeah, him the link. And like, <laughs> good. Good. Well, it sounds like he, he made an impact on you. Okay. Last one is a book that changed you. A book that changed me was the book um, Tuesdays with Maury. Oh, yes. That was such a good book. I just really enjoyed that. I love the, um, the perspective and especially on having children. I'd never heard anyone describe having children as it's a good idea if you if you're wanting the experience. Like I think it, I'm probably not summarizing it accurately, but mm-hmm. the idea of if you are open to the experience, it's an experience. Yeah. So I loved that because so much with social constructs, social norms, this social expectations of it's good or bad, or you know all all these things. Yes, all those <laughs> and things. So I just yeah. I never heard it that way and that really resonated and I liked that a lot. Good. Well, thank you so much for being on my podcast and I'm looking forward to connecting with you some more and I hope you just have a really great week. Thank you. Thank you so so much again for the opportunity and having me on here. This is so much fun. I'm just so grateful. Oh, I'm glad you're here. Thanks. I'm so glad you joined us. Make sure to subscribe so you can get all the episodes and you can help support our podcast by clicking the support button in the show notes or going to our website, essentiallybetterlife.com. Follow me on social at Essentially Better Life and check out my website for all kinds of information on business and personal coaching, my book, and even some great stuff on essential oils. Thanks for listening. Blessings and be well, my friends.